the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up, child. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Such a time as this. Men, we just want to encourage you. Your marriage will change. You're filled with the Spirit of God. You'll be a worshiper. We will be submissive. The Bible says submitting to one another in the fear of God. If we are filled with the spirit, we will submit to our wives and we will hear them out. We will be attentive to them when I wake up and put on Christ. My wife comes right alongside. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today's message on regaining lost ground is titled Disciplines of a Godly Man and is a beautiful encouragement of the loving nature of God and the intent he has for his people in love and marriage. This special sermon, Pastor Shane is joined by Associate Pastor Abram Thomas as they both share wisdom given to them by the Holy Spirit and how God has radically transformed their lives and marriages. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman joined with Pastor Abram Thomas. When you're passionate for God, it's contagious. For example, when you walk into a worship service, if you see everybody just sitting around, some falling asleep, some looking at their phone, are you as motivated? Or what about if you see two dozen men up here worshiping, weeping, getting their hearts right with God? See, it's contagious. The contagious it maybe shouldn't be that way. I mean, we shouldn't let others affect our worship. But I know if I walk into a dead church, and I used to, I've spoken at dead churches, and I've walked into living, vibrant churches, and that atmosphere is contagious. Same thing with our homes. And of course, I can't skip this point of purity. You must fight for purity in your homes. The reason many marriages are falling apart, the reason your wife might feel like a friend, you don't love her anymore, it's because of pornography and given our hearts to uh, the media and different things, and women that, that were getting satisfied online, and then as a result, it kills the marriage. And if you're not yet married, it doesn't improve when you get married. You don't just instantly become a man of character. You have to, you have to get to that point now. And then passion, purity, and peace. Peace has to be fought for. Peace in your home. You don't always have to say the last word. Amen. I've had to put the zipper on many times. I'm going to take the trash out and I'll be back. And there's been times I'll say, you know, I've, I get a, I'm going to run to the store. I'm going to go check the P.O. box and I'll be back. And whoo, just put on worship. You put on music and you, and you, you foster an environment. I think our, I think our homes should be places of peace. Don't you? We should have a, they call it a man cave. There's something to that. Where our home should be a place of, to me, it's a sanctuary. It's a place where I go and rest. It's where I go and be, be built up, not discouraged, not beat down, not fighting again. It's, it's a, but you, you set the tempo of that place often. 
You set the temperature of that place. And I think Abram can confirm, but we're going to have some uh, roses that we picked up. And we're going to take these back, for those who want to, take them back to your wife and just say, listen, I want to recommit. I want to recommit to the marriage. I want peace in our home. I want to love you as Christ loved the church. I need help. I need prayer. I want to commit to that for those who are open to this. And let me just give you a tip. Don't say much. Just do it. Just do it. That's how we're going to influence because our wives and our kids, they watch our words, but boy, do they watch our actions. There's a poem that ends like this. Uh, Dad, the lessons you give me may be very wise and very true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you in the high advice you give, but dad, there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. That speaks volumes to us, our character. So I'm going to have Pastor Abram come up and he's going to share a little bit about marriage from his side of things. And I think it's just good that we hear from different people and be encouraged by different people. So I would say marriage uh, for me has been the most humbling and revealing of my lack of spirituality. I remember sitting in premarital counseling with my wife and, you know, just being so in love and just being excited to be married. And, and uh, I remember the counselor, a good godly man, and, and he gave us some practical tools, you know, for marriage. And, you know, we were very thankful. I remember we met three times, you know, and uh, uh, maybe 45 minutes each time. And and they gave us a book to read. And, and I just remember just premarital counseling uh, being, you know, a lot to take in. But You know, one of the things that I think about often, I I remember, is that we didn't even talk about the need to be led by God's spirit. You know, he was a pastor and, and, you know, I went into marriage and let me just say this. I went into marriage not having any framework other than maybe observing people from afar and their marriages. And and I went to a seminary where we'd have speakers come through and they would talk about how they and their wives never argued. How how much were they lying? (laughs) You know, talked about how they had this perfect marriage or this facade, really. And so I put these men on, on you know, pedestals and, and thought, you know, you know, marriage, you know, it's going to be the same for me. I'm me and my wife. We're never going to argue. You know, I'm a, a great catch. She's going to be so happy. <laughs> and uh, my wife told me the other day, she was like, yeah, I thought when I married you, I, I, I won the jackpot. But then very soon afterwards, I learned the truth. She told me that, you know, she's very gracious how she said it. But, um, you know, this week I, I've been doing things, you know, last couple of weeks uh, since the baby's been born. I've tried to step up and God's been so good to, you know, allow me to, to be more present in their lives, you know. And uh, so I, I cook dinner for like a meal, a full meal for like the first time. And, and uh, you know, I saw a tear in her eye. She's been, you know, uh, asking me to maybe learn to do that type of stuff for a long time. And and um, she was like, finally, after after all this time, I'm starting to see that jackpot. But anyways, um marriage for me uh, revealed a lot of things about me, my lacking. I didn't realize, you know, how egotistical, how prideful, how thin-skinned I was, how easily offended I was. Um, all this is, you know, something that, you know, when you get into a relationship, when you get into marriage, um, when you're living with another sinner like yourself, uh, it's revealed. I remember the premarital counselor telling us, you know, going to Ephesians chapter 5, reading to me Ephesians 5.25, the husbands love your wives. And, and me and my, my own mind, I thought, oh, yeah, I'll be great at that. I can do that. 
But little did I know that without the Holy Spirit of God, I would never be able to do that. And so what I want to focus on uh, with us this morning is uh, how do we love our wives? And, and Pastor Shane pretty much hit on this, but uh, the first thing I want us to understand, man, if we're going to have marriages that glorify God, that represent a piece of heaven on earth, and that's what our marriages should be. It should be, like Pastor said, that our home should be a place of peace, of joy, a safe space for our spouses and for our children. And and what I've seen here in the text in Ephesians is that the only way that we're going to uh, love our wives, have that type of atmosphere in our homes, if we are spirit-filled men. That's the baseline. Ephesians uh, 5.18, the Bible says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Now, this is right in context with marriage. This is right in the verses. And I, the Apostle Paul, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he understood uh, that the only way that we're going to uh, live out what we're called to be as husbands, as fathers, is through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as Pastor mentioned, we cannot be filled one time and expect everything to go great from there. You see, uh, the filling of the spirit is something that we should seek constantly and that we should enjoy constantly and not something that we experience only on special occasions. Uh, you know, I know God brought me back here to Westside to learn this. You know, I, I was uh, married, you know, we were early on in our marriage and I just, I was just so filled with the flesh. It was just so evident. I remember one night uh, I was downstairs studying for a sermon. It was a Saturday and uh, the next morning we're going to get up, go to church. I'm the pastor. I'm going to preach and and uh, my wife is cooking upstairs and I'm smelling it. And, you know, I'm getting hungry. I hadn't eaten much that day. And I just remember uh, just being so excited to have dinner that evening. So I come up the stairs after studying and just get got out the word of God. Right. And I sit down and, and there's burgers. My wife, had she'd made burgers and, I, and some homemade fries. And, you know, I love a good hamburger. And uh, so I get excited and I sit down and we pray. We say grace. And, and uh, I take a big bite out of this burger. Right. And. And find out that it's a black bean patty. Bur- <laughs> and we're early. I mean, we're maybe two weeks married. And, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? That's my reaction. What is this? I looked at her like, she was like, it's a black bean um, burger. Uh, you've been talking about how we should get a little healthier. And I saw this recipe and she starts to just, ba- she starts bawling. And, um. And, and I was not spiritual. You see, I was not filled with the spirit. I was filled with my flesh. And, and, uh, I got up. I said, this, I, I can't eat this. And I get in my car and I go to Carl's Jr. And I come back and she's still crying. And, and just, just to, just give you a little insight of the man that I was. Thank God I'm no longer there. <laughs> but just, I was filled with myself. Didn't really have the fruit of the spirit because I was not filled with the spirit. The only way that we're going to love our wives and in, 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 in a way that glorifies Christ and that sanctifies them and, and sets the tone in our homes if we're, we're filled with the spirit. And it's something that we have to see constantly. It's not something that we get once and it's and, and we we are constantly in that. Also, when it speaks of being filled with the spirit, it's a passive. Um, the verb is also passive. It means that we do not feel ourselves, guys, but we position ourselves so that we can be filled. And, um, you know, a lot of men have asked, um, and probably you've been thinking this as we are constantly being presented with this truth because 
Uh, I believe it's very, uh, it's very neglected in most churches, but we're, we're blessed here to hear it often. But we ask these questions and, and I know I did when I first came. How do I, how, how do I know if I'm filled with the spirit? How, how do I, uh, continually stay in that state of being filled with God's spirit? Well, as I studied this chapter in the chapters prior in Ephesians, I saw a common theme of those who are walking in the spirit and it's personal holiness. You see, if we're filled with like this cup here is empty, right? If it were filled with, let's say some water, some liquid, could it be, uh, could you, it could not be filled up with something else. Another thing, if it's already filled to the top, you, we would, uh, it would spill out. It would not contain inside of this cup. Well, unfortunately, many of us men, we we're filled with the worldliness, carnality, we're filled with all other, uh, so many other things, and, and, and we're not living in a pure manner. You see, Paul, he admonished these, uh, these believers in Ephesus to, to, uh, live holy lives, to, to position themselves so that they are, uh, fillable, uh, in, in sense, okay? And so he, he talks about it all in Ephesians chapter four and in the beginning of uh, chapter five, how we ought to, uh, live and walk in holiness, and he spoke about it in four and uh, chapter four and verse 22 he says that you put off concerning the former your formal conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness so Paul is telling these believers you have to take off that old life that old man and put on the new man like you put on your clothes this morning, we ought to daily put on the new man, change our mind about the sinful patterns uh, of our old life. And so what Paul was saying to these people is if you want to be filled with the spirit, if you want to continually walk in the presence and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, there is a, a part that you are responsible for. You see, if we walk in holiness, God will do the filling. If we walk in purity, if we uh, obey his word, obedience uh, is necessary in order to see the filling of the Holy Spirit. He goes on, he says, if you lied before, if you're a liar, now tell the truth. If you stole before, steal no more and give to the needy. If you had corrupt communication, uh, now use your words to edify and give grace. And he says in Ephesians 4 and verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You see, when we sin, when we walk not in purity, we grieve the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we, when we're not walking in the fullness of the Spirit, we're being led by our flesh, guys. And that's why when our wives point out something to us, we're like, oh, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, I'm cool. I, yeah. I was in Costco the other day, and I saw this gentleman right next to me, uh, maybe in his 50s, and he's with his wife, and you just, his wife was trying to tell him, hey, look, look, look at this line over here. Ah, oh, no, nah, no, nah, nah, be quiet, you know. Just grumbled at her. I'm going to stay right here, and in five minutes, I'm going to be out of here if this line doesn't move. And and we're, I'm looking, and I'm like, man, like, and you just see her cower away. See, men, when we're not filled with the Spirit, we're not gentle. We're not loving. We're not long-suffering. And we use our power, our God-given power, to oppress and to demean, we use that, uh, we, we use our God-given authority to hurt and injure rather than protect and to nurture. And that's where I lived many years. 
Honestly, before we were moving here, our marriage was in shambles. And it was because I was not filled with the Spirit. And even though I was in ministry, even though I was ministering to others, even though I knew the Word of God, even though I... You know, I graduated from a seminary, even though I had the, the knowledge, I was puffed up. I was, I would use the word of God in my home. I would always be very critical with my wife. Just, just no fruit of the spirit, no love, no, no meekness, no gentleness. You know, we were at our wits end, but, you know, God's grace is, is, is amazing. And my wife said something to me, uh, about two weeks ago, Pastor Shane. She said, Last year was the best year of our marriage. And, I, and she cried and said, I'm so thankful for what God is doing in our family. And the only thing that I can attest that to is the grace of God. And him bringing me here and breaking me and making me seek out his, his spirit's leading. And then the Bible goes on to say here, guys, and I won't be much longer. Uh, there's, there's some signs that show if we are really being filled with the spirit of God. I see the first sign would be that we will be worshipers. In verse 19, it talks about how we are speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks for all the things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and what I see there is a, a, a man or Filled with the Spirit is going to, he's going to worship God from his heart. He's going to, uh, he's going to be speaking hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. He's going to, uh, have a heart to worship and he's going to be a thankful man. And you know what? I want you guys to know the reason why we got roses this morning is because the Bible says, whosoever findeth the wife, find it a good thing. Are you thankful for the gift that God has given you? If I'm honest and if you're honest, the greatest thing that you have uh, in your life, other than your salvation, your relationship with God is that wife. And I know some of you, you may say, oh, well, she's difficult and all that things. But I understand that uh, that too. But let me say this for the most of us here. We have been blessed. We've married above our class and we and we've been blessed by God in that. And the Bible says, whosoever find the wife, find the good thing and obtain it, the favor of the Lord. And so. I hope that each one of you, you know, if God puts it on your heart, takes one of those roses and you go and you tell your wife you love her. And then some of you need to go home and apologize to her and admit to your lack of spiritual leadership. Admit to your shortness with her. Admit to your bitterness and 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 things in your heart that you've been harboring against her. And and, and I'm telling you, when you start to walk, like Pastor said, uh, Shane said, it's not about what you say. It's how you, you live. I'm telling you, the spiritual atmosphere in your home will change. Your marriage will change. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll be a worshiper. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, we will be submissive. The Bible says submitting to one another in the fear of God. We will, if we are filled with the spirit, we will submit to our wives and we will hear them out. We will be attentive to them. Many, many times my wife has, she's had insight on things spiritually. She's been in tune with things more emotionally. Like Pastor Shane, like the kids, you know, oh, you, you've been moody. You've been, you haven't spent time with, with a child in particular, uh, one-on-one, um, this child is going through this. And, and, and sometimes in the past when I was not filled with the Spirit, i say, oh, you know, uh, you're just making a, a mountain out of a molehill. You know, like, just calm down. I mean, you're always, you're so emotional. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's how we think, you know. 
when we're not filled with the Spirit, but when we are filled with the Spirit, we'll submit to that. You say, you know what? I'm, you're right, babe. Be more patient. I could have handled that differently. And many times this last year, I've had to go in and apologize to my kids, you know, for being short or, and in the past, I was not that way. I was hard, rigid. I would not apologize. And so, men, I, I just, we just want to encourage you. We, we, you know, we, we're being transparent because some people think because you're a pastor, you have it all together. Your family looks good. We have all these kids. You know, it must be nirvana in their home. It must be perfect. No, we go through the same battles. It's chaos many days. And um, But what I have learned is that when I walk with God, when I wake up and put on Christ, when I'm a worshiper, my wife comes right alongside my kids follow right in tow, and it's a beautiful peace within the home where the presence of the Holy Spirit is. And so, men, I want to just encourage you in your marriages, seek the filling of the Holy Spirit so that you can love your wife the way that Christ loved the church and so that our homes could be that place of refuge. Amen? I wanted to add, you know, when I did reach out to Pastor Abram, it's been a while, but God put on my heart, I was driving down Avenue N, by 50th West and, and, uh, just, Hey, reach out to pastor Abram and see if he'd want to speak for you. This is about a year and a half ago. And I, Oh, you haven't talked to him in months. And so I just emailed him out of the blue and that's when it all started that, you know, he wasn't doing too good. And God kind of used that to, to prompt that. Um, something else I'll close with this, but he didn't mention, but I think it helps a lot too, is there's a season of fasting. You know, you can ask him about this intermittent fasting or, or fasting in general. Uh, it starves the flesh. Uh, instead of just giving into our appetites, giving into our appetites, giving into our appetites, the Bible is pretty clear that fasting, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. And uh, I, have a, I have a book on that. You can just take that for free if you need that. But I would encourage you to maybe re- begin to remove some things. Uh, fasting really helps with addictions as well. Addictions to things that are harming our body. And uh, that fasting with the right motives and being filled with the Spirit go hand in hand. Uh, living holy lives, removing things, uh, addictive substances that, that are really hindering our walk with God. So it feels uncomfortable for me bringing a rose home. You know, I'm like, ah, whatever. This is cheesy. But really it's not because it's a step of humility. That's why I had her pick them up to humble ourselves. Okay, God, I need to renew my strength. And you have to remember, guys, you're not going to be perfect. Just keep fighting. Be faithful. Get up and fight again. Uh, Even if you have to apologize 700 times before you die, uh, that's okay. It's about finishing well. God, God gauges us on faithfulness. Uh, he doesn't really look, you can't find perfection on this side of the cross, right? And I don't want to excuse sin. Please don't misunderstand. I don't know. Maybe you're different, but I, I can beat myself up if I don't live perfectly. When really the command is to be faithful, get up, Shane, and fight again. Why was David a man after God's own heart? That's interesting. He said, David's a man after my own heart because he fell forward. He got up and he fought again. He committed his life to God again. It's just being filled with the Spirit, getting up and, and not being defeated. Because when we get defeated, when we fall into sin, we usually stay there. That's why people can't break out of pornography. Is they're doing good for a day or two and then they blow it and then they stay there. When the command is to get up, give me clean hands and a pure heart. God, I don't want to lift up my soul to an idol. I don't want to swear deceitfully. I want to worship you in the power. The Bible says, worship God in the beauty of holiness. 
There, there, there's, a, there's a beauty about being holy and, and cleansed and set free. So if, even if you sinned last night or this morning, the altar is still open. Isn't that wonderful? God doesn't say, okay, in a week from now, or actually a month from now, you've really blown it. In a month from now, you can come to the altar. You can begin to worship me. God says, immediately return to me. Return to me immediately, and I will restore, I will restore the joy of your salvation. You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.